Welcome to the 45th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and Grey's Anatomy speedrunner, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? How are you? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. How art thou, my friend? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I'm I'm okay. I got a little bit of uh, allergic reactions to the spring, but other than that, I'm okay. You're allergic to the spring? Yes. The the uh the entire the season, season. Oh. well thankfully we don't get too much of that in canada it's like one month i suppose isn't that the same in other places no seasons are divided into four months everywhere else it's just canada that it's a little bit finicky wait what are you talking about we, we also months. have three months sorry three months of we have we still have three months of spring what do you mean yeah but we don't actually April, have May, three June. months of spring if you look at the windows we don't ever get spring weather just so inconsistent. I suppose that's true, but my allergy started in April. Well, good for you. And they're probably going to continue until like July. So I feel like, I mean, if we don't have a full spring, I'm still getting a full spring of allergies. That's all I'm saying. Oh, no. Wild. That sucks. That sucks. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does indeed. Mm-hmm. What have you done this week? How's your How's your COVID? Uh, it's good, man. I am almost out of quarantine. 26 more hours as of um, you and I recording this episode. I will be free, allowed back outside into the world where I can do things. Oh. Not much. Pretty much just go to the grocery store. 26 hours. Yeah. Midnight o'clock, May 10th. When do you go back to work? May 11th. Oh. Yeah. May 11th. Oh, you still got some time. Why is it May 11th? Well, I initially booked off this weekend anyways for Resident Evil at like 8, Resident Evil Village. Oh, okay. So it just, my my quarantine happened to end a day before my little booked off time anyways. So it, just, it works out oh. regardless. Resident Evil 8, the video mm-hmm. game on the PlayStation 5. How are you enjoying that? I'm really liking it, dude. I really love Resident Evil as a series. I mentioned it before. This kind of gets me excited for the Resident Evil series that's coming out this month on Netflix. I think it's out in like a week or two. Um, I'm excited to dive more into like the Resident Evil world and lore. I just really like it. I think it's well thought out. And uh, I'm super stoked for the reboot movie series as well. I'm hoping that's a little bit more of a faithful, uh, faithful adaptation to the game series. But yeah, I don't know. I'm really loving it. Uh, it does a good job using like the, you know, playing at 4K, 60 frames per second, ray tracing. There's a couple frame rate dips. But the way they use the controller is really great. Um, the haptic feedback, the, the the tension in the triggers, all these things. Really good. Really good stuff. I, I'm loving it. I love being scared. It's weird. It's um, it's a newfound sort of love uh, that I like. I found it a, you know, only a couple years back where I'm like, I really actually like being scared. It's weird. It's this weird sensation. Triggers something mm. in my brain. Do you like being scared, Simon? I don't. <laughs> is that isn't that the point of it that's the point of fear you're not supposed to like it mm, isn't that the idea i don't know i get I, I don't know i don't know what the point of fear is i mean i i assume fear is like a 
fight or flight sort of thing. But when you're playing a video game or when you're watching a movie, it it sets it sets off something in that brain where you don't necessarily really have to worry. I'm not going to die playing Resident Evil 8. Maybe that's or, what it is. Maybe it's the come down. You know, you're you you realize that you are in a safe space. You're in your living room. There's nothing to be actually scared of. And so maybe that's the idea is that you your mind is tricked temporarily and then you come out of it kind of like a nightmare yeah. and you're like, oh, actually, I am safely in my heated house. I'll give you a good come down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering if you were going to latch on to that, that phrasing and uh, you did and you did. So thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, my friend. I, Eat anything. I get do this. wonder. Sorry. Continue. What do you say? No, no, no you no, go. You continue. You go. No, no, you go, please. No, you go. No, please, please. No, seriously, I go. Insist. No, I insist. Adrian, come on, man. Just say what, what you were going to say. No. I don't even remember what it was anymore. I don't remember what I was going to say either. I feel like you were going to continue on the topic of what we were talking about, about being scared. I wasn't. So let's. I'll change the subject completely like I was going to do because you don't have anything to say. So it's all good. Um, Resident Evil. Not completely changing the subject, by the way. Resident Evil. I found, I watched a trailer for Resident Evil 8. Uh, or not a trailer. It was like, I think a gameplay demo. It's just somebody playing the, the demo. And I just find, I just can't believe that those movies are even related to this video game series. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, uh, what's her name? Y- Yovanovitch or what's her Mila name? Jovovich. The actress? Y- Mila Jovovich? Milovich? I, I think we're butchering her name right now. Her her first name is Mila. Oh, okay. And then her last name is y- Jovovich. Mila Jovovich. Yeah, I said it right. Jovovich. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I was right. Who's butchering her name now? Not me. You. You, Simon. Yeah, it's fine. Let's not argue this entire podcast, Adrian. What What were you about to say? Oh, oh, like you find it odd that those movies were ever even related to the the video game series? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it. it they definitely. Uh, it's a very loose connection. They do bring in some of like the plot elements, but again, um, I only watched I think the first three movies of the Paul W S Anderson. Um, flicks are they not completely unrelated though they, they just seem so off base they are like it's a it's its own story but they do bring in characters from the video game series and the second movie um resident evil the second movie is based on resident evil 3 nemesis like that that storyline um it's not it's not a very good um retelling of that story they're just using some elements of it but uh they tried they tried i see yeah okay i just feel i I just felt like it was just an action movie like these movies are just action movies that's what it felt like the whole time every time i see a trailer for it and then i thought the game was like that i just felt like that was barely a horror game at all because it it seems like it was like creepy elements like creepy action movie but it didn't feel like there was like you're you're not really watching a horror movie. Like they're not yeah. horror movies, are they? The, the games or the the movies? The movies, man. The no, oh. the, the games aren't horror movies. No, I, well, I, I wanted to, I wanted to I wanted to clarify. The movies are not horror movies. No, the first one I would say is a little creepy. I feel like that was a little bit more horror versus that action heavy. Um, still a bunch of action, but it definitely was a little bit more on the horror side. I would say, but very quickly did they leave that behind. Um, in the franchise i see like by, see. by number three sorry by the second movie it's already like very action heavy and then the third one i feel like there was still some horror elements but again yeah it was still very um action heavy but to be fair the resident evil games although very horror and frightening 
not all of them, but like the I know the first game is Resident Evil 2 is like a horror game first and then action second. But like the third game, as an example, is fairly action heavy. Uh, I know the fourth game is fairly action heavy. Five and six are very action heavy. So Resident Evil balances it. Um, I think like the franchise itself balances it fairly well. And even in the ones that are more horror focused, there is usually a big action set piece or like a big boss battle, uh, you know, something crazy. So, um, right. They're not they're not fully off base, they, they, but uh, definitely not good renditions of the of the story. OK, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. That's great. Yeah, man. Um, real quick. What did you eat today? You know anything good? I had Eastside Mario's. Mm. We, are, we are not endorsed by Eastside Mario's, by the way, audience. I love a good Eastside. What do you get? Uh, but we uh, they have like a two can dine type scenario where you can get both get pastas, both get soups, and both get bread, and mm. uh, it's like thirty bucks Canadian. So it's not bad. Not bad. It's what do you bad. get? What pasta? Uh, fettuccino, uh, fettuccine Alfredo with chicken. Oh, okay. Really love my words there. Yeah. Yep. Fair enough. I do love a nice East Sides. I usually go for the chicken parmigiana. It's a nice chicken parmigiana on the penne noodles. Uh, the chicken parmigiana is a little rich for my blood on a, just a regular old takeout day at the moment. I'm trying to save money. I'm trying to save money. I'm mm. trying to spend it. Yeah. So Fair enough. Fair enough. Ooh. But I, I love when you could go into East Sides and I would literally always just, you know, you do the unlimited soup and salad. Just hard stop. Just hard stop. I love what you get, when you could go into East Sides. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. This pandemic is killing me, my friend. Killing me. It was good. But you could go in and then you could get the unlimited super salad and, and bread. So you'd order your entree and then just mow down on the... I usually got the like the, the garden salad. um, And then just eat a bunch of the bread. And you just fill yourself up on this bread and fucking salad. And then you take your entire entree home. Boom. That's that's crazy, by the way. That's not- just so you know, I think that's crazy. Why is that crazy? It's just... It's outlandish. Why is it outlandish? You don't eat the entree in the restaurant you went to go to? No, I take that entree home. Bam, I got an entire meal when I'm at home. You this literally is like borderline going to a buffet. Like you go to the Mandarin and then you oh bring Tupperware God. containers. No offense. No, it's, it's, not even, it's not even close to that. It's literally just using it is, the system. It has the same vibes. It has those no, vibes. No, it doesn't. Like Tupperware you, containers at the you buffet. shut up, you, you son of a gun. You were literally just talking about saving money and doing this lame ass two can dine meal getting a fettuccine alfredo with chicken make that shit it's at take home out. make that shit it's at take home out, dude. like a good man make it it's at rid- home you can make anything at home what does this have to do with it why don't you make parmesan at home because i can make a good chicken fettuccine alfredo in literally 20 minutes in 20 minutes well, i can have you. that food done and ready to go it'd be better than your stupid east sides two can dine meal you can make any of this stuff at home I know, but not in 20 minutes. Except for things with bell peppers in them because you, you don't like bell peppers. I just want to point that out, okay? I don't love bell peppers, no, and I'll stand by that. I'll still eat bell peppers, but I don't love them. It's weird. It's weird. You know what's weird, Simon? What? You. You. You're just yeah, a freaking weird it. son of I a gun. I admit this freely. Yeah, good. I own it. I own my weirdness, okay? Yeah, it's not a good weird. Oh. Anyways. Oh. You just ruined my entire wow. mood for the rest of the episode talking shit about my my east side ritual. You're just jealous you never thought of it first. It's a good way to say money. I didn't think of delicious. it delicious. I just don't I don't think it's very classy. I feel like it lacks, you know, classiness. That's all. What's cla- what what's wrong with taking home your meal? I don't understand. There's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's just it's just strange. It's strange. 
I'm okay. I'm I'm let's abusing not, a system get, that's been given to me. You're just let's a not fool. get our panties in a knot. You're here, just okay? a fool. Let's move on to some show corrections, shall we? Come on. Okay. Sure. Okay. So correction a one. Ago, Simon's a freaking idiot. Anyways, go on. Okay, that's your correction. <laughs> so just to be clear, what we try to do in this show, of course, is try to be accurate. So when we make a mistake, we own it. Every week, we well, any week we notice that we made a mistake or we want to make a clarification about something we said in a previous episode, we try to do that at the beginning of our episode, uh, of each episode, I should say. And so I noticed something I said on actually a closer look, which is like a subset of our podcast in which we look at specific movies or TV shows about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I specifically said that the speech, I'm not going to go into detail because a closer look is specifically spoiler heavy. I'm not going to spoil anything except to say that there was a speech in that show. I said that I liked the speech and I was, I thought it was okay. It uh, actually, I said it was good. I take it back and I, I'm going to take it down a notch and say it was just okay. Cause I thought about it <laughs> and I found that it's actually pretty cringy in the way that it goes. And I think you agree with me, Adrian, cause you think you said the same thing. Am I wrong? No, no, yeah. I, I was on the episode saying that I did not like the speech, that I thought it yes. was a little bit like cringe and it just wasn't and well done. I tried done. to defend it. Yeah. Right. And I, I do defend some elements of it, and I think you did as well. But the the element that it's hard to defend, honestly, is when Sam Wilson says, "I was I was letting you fill in the blank, but you can't see my face." No, I can't. You can't fill in the blank, or you can't see my face. I can't see your face. Okay, you're gonna fill in the blank. Do you want me to fill in the blank? Yes, that's why I paused. I don't know which one. Which line are you referring to? Like, just change it. Like when he's talking to the senator or which line? Do better. Do better? Yeah, that was the line. Okay. I feel like you forgot the line there. I don't know the line. We didn't rehearse this. This is life. This is life. Yeah, you literally, you're fucking throwing me under a bus right now. It's all good. You're starting the show off. You know, I'm going to go back real quick to the East Sides thing. You're starting the show off talking smack about my East Sides thing. And now you're setting me up for failure. It's like you want me to look bad in this episode. Anyways, continue. You're just doing that to yourself, okay? I, I didn't do anything. Write into Whoa. us. Write into us, audience, if you think that Eastside Mario thing is kind of odd. I think it's it not, is. I think it's, it's not odd. odd. I didn't think it was crazy. Well, I did say it was crazy. Actually, I specifically said that. I said it was yeah. a little crazy. Yeah, it is a little bit crazy. I, I think that. Anyway, who cares? It's just it's nonsense. It's nonsense, regardless. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the speech. The do better part, I found, was cringy. It was preachy, and I think that... I don't know. The all of the heroes in the Marvel Cinematic Universe have traditionally led by example, and that was more of a telling someone to do their job differently. That he he does not inhabit that job, and he's telling this somebody else to do the job differently. It, it just didn't feel came up as I don't naive. Know. Yes, it did, and yeah, it did. It did, and I, it bothers me. And I'm worried because of that moment specifically. And it's not just that moment. I find that the the through line of the show is dealing with the refugees of the blip. Thanos makes you know snaps, and then they bring everyone back later on. And the the issue with the GRC is, I find, and I'm wondering if you agree with this. But for the Falcon and Winter Soldier, again, very beginning of the show, they introduce it as the the villains are basically fighting against displacement of refugees and how the world is handling the world after the blip and after everyone comes back after this Thanos snaps. And I find that this whole situation with 
with the GRC and the refugee situation is I don't think they explained it well enough throughout. In fact, I don't know what the GRC actually did, what their actions are, and I don't actually know what the villains in the story, the people fighting the GRC, what exactly that they wanted. Like I know what they wanted as a a broad aspect, but I don't know what the specific thing they wanted was because I don't know what the GRC was actually doing. Did, did you find that as well, or am I insane? No, man, that's. Ex- I feel like I said that on the on the closer look episode, where I was just like, it just seemed very unclear what anyone's intentions were and what was actually going on. Uh, no, right. I one hundred percent agree. With that with lack you. of specificity is the problem with the show in general, and I found that that reminded me a lot of. You haven't seen this movie because I know you only watch Casino Royale, the James Bond Casino Royale with Daniel Craig, but it reminded me a little bit of Quantum of Solace. I've always called Quantum of Solace the second James Bond movie with Daniel Craig. I've always called it a simulation of a James James Bond movie. It's hitting all the story beats that you'd think would probably be in a James Bond movie, but honestly, the plot is like, it seems like it's going through the motions, and I find not everything in the show, by the way, and there's a lot of good, really good things, and we talked about that on our, our, our Closer Look episode about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So you can check that out if you want. Again, it's on every podcast service and what have you. But I just find that, again, the show felt like in many aspects, especially when it came to the GRC, that it was going through the motions. And that's where it kind of felt rushed because they never, they never, they never went below the surface in terms of explaining how the GRC worked or how, you know, or what the villains were actually aiming for. And that's why it's hard to actually sympathize with the villains because you don't actually know what the heck they were even trying to get. How were they going to get their main goal accomplished, which was to do better? Anyway, so I just wanted to add that in. I just I'm correcting myself because I found that I was too happy about the the Sam Wilson monologue to the world. I, I think I like the speech because like the base concept of what the speech was and that Sam Wilson was saying the speech to a large group of people. I thought that that was really cool, and I guess I was kind of clouded. It clouded my judgment of of uh, what I actually should have said. Anyway. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Okay. I appreciate you eating that humble pie and coming out and uh, correcting yourself. Yeah, man. I changed my mind. I just changed my mind. I thought about it over the last two weeks, and that's what I came to. Mm -hmm. The second correction. Oh, there's two. Is actually a correction about the Oscars. Oscars? Not really a correction on this one at all. It's definitely a clarification. Did you know that the producer of the Oscars this year, the 2021 Oscars, was Steven Soderbergh? No. Steven Soderbergh, obviously well known for his work uh, directing um, the Oceans movies. He makes a lot of heist movies, honestly. Um, I think he even made the new Oceans movie, like the Oceans 8. Uh, I like as that well. movie. I really like Oceans 8. The movie's fun. Yeah, and he, he did Logan Lucky as well, which I enjoyed as well with Adam Driver. Yeah, I was a little bit uh, lukewarm on that one. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That's fair. Oceans 11 is probably my favorite movie by him, to be honest. But regardless... This is what he actually had to say about the way that the Oscars were ordered for the awards. We talked about a couple episodes ago about how it was seemed ridiculous and off-putting that they didn't put Best Picture at the end of the Oscars. Didn't make any sense. They announced Best Actor and Best Actor, well, Best Actress first and then Best Actor after Best Picture. And the show ended with a weird, weird, as you called it, I think you said a fart. A wet fart, yeah. A wet fart. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for the correction um, in our correction segment of our show. Uh, it ended with a wet fart because Anthony Hopkins won Best Actor, and then it ended up that Anthony Hopkins was in Wales, and he wasn't even at the show at all. And they had a rule about not having Zoom, actually. I don't know if you know about that, but they actually had a rule that they would not allow any Zoom at all. So it had to be a set 
uh, a set cinematographer on site with whoever it was that was remote. Like for instance, Florian Zeller, who's the writer director for The Father. He was on site with specific people from the Oscars, whatever the production team was doing. They they were on site somewhere wherever he was. I think he was in London at the time. So that that's cool. But Anthony Hopkins didn't have anyone like that. And so when Anthony Hopkins won, he had no speech to give because he wasn't even there and there was no presence for him at all. And so a few days later, he came on Instagram and he announced that, hey, thank you very much. And it was, it was actually pretty humble thank you to the Academy that he gave on Instagram. I don't know if you watched that, Adrian. No, I did not. Oh, you didn't see his thank you? No. It's kind of cool. It was humble. It was nice. Yeah. He said it was a shame what happened to Chadwick Boseman and it, it was cool. It seemed very classy, but- my point was, why did Steven Soderbergh, the producer of the Oscars, why did he choose to put the best actor at the end? Well, I've got a quote from Soderbergh here, and it is, quote, we thought it might be fun to mix it up, especially if people didn't know that was coming. So that was always part of the plan. And then when the nominations came out, and there was even the possibility that Chadwick could win posthumously, our feeling was if he were to win and his widow were to speak on his behalf, there would be nowhere to go after that. So we stuck with it, unquote. My source for this quote being the website Variety, if anybody wants to check that out. Interesting. So they did it because, yeah, they, they, he, he assumed that maybe Chadwick would have won. And, you know, if that was the case, it would have been that like cherry on top. You, you can't, you can't go any higher than that point, which is a good point. However, since it didn't turn out like that, it, uh, the execution was just not there. That's kind of the unfortunate part about this. You know, I, I do appreciate him kind of thinking that, but uh, again, it just, it didn't work out as he planned, unfortunately. I'm, I'm sorry to say, Mr. Soderbergh, but uh, your decision was the wrong decision. I also would like to say that it wouldn't matter anyway, because you can go after the widow speaks. Like if Chadwick Boseman's widow speaks, you just go to commercial break after, which happens constantly anyway. How do you go from In Memoriam? Why don't you end the show with In Memoriam then? It doesn't add up to me. I don't really agree with this. It's weird because he's such a, you know, he's been doing this job for a while, like directing and producing projects. I, I guess maybe he's not that, maybe he's newer to live shows. I just think that this is a little silly. And I, I, I get it. That's exactly probably why they did it based on this quote. They did it because they thought Chadwick Boseman would win. I just don't think that it mattered and that you just still end with best picture best picture because you can have multiple great moments and memorable moments throughout the show. Don't you want that? I feel like as a producer and you don't want it to be uh, bottom heavy or whatever the hell back heavy, whatever it's called. Yeah. Who's What does it matter? Maybe put act, best, best actor or the acting awards, the best acting awards in the middle of the show. Then you know what I mean? You can definitely follow that. But also the commercial breaks are so long. They're so long anyway. So I, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. It's nice to see that that was an answer, though, because we now kind of have our question answered as to what on earth were they thinking? And we did suspect that. So it was nice to see that. We got our why. We got our why. So, Adrian, other than the, you know, the two things that we watched uh, two weeks ago, what have you been watching lately? Well, Simon, I'll do my quick Grey's Anatomy update. I am now halfway through season 11 of Grey's Anatomy, a little over halfway point. And uh, once again, they do another big cast change. You know, some of the characters slowly, I, I imagine, you know, their contracts are coming to an end and all of this stuff and some of the characters being written off. And, 
you know, new characters being brought in and what Grays continues to masterfully do is fold in these new characters and somehow make you care about them right off the bat. Um, and they also do something pretty remarkable, at least in my opinion, is they bring in a main cast or a main character in season 11 who actually was in a couple episodes from like the earliest seasons of like seasons one and two that, you know, she kind of appears once in a blue moon throughout the series and is now finally at the forefront. And the way she is brought into the show is very well done and it makes sense uh, to the story and everything. Um, and again, I really, really love this show. It's weird. Um, the more I watch, the more I like it. Even the decisions that they even the things that I don't like about it um, or the decisions that they make somehow get mended fairly quickly. And I almost forget about all its flaws because I'm so invested in these characters and even in these new ones. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I really like it. Cool. That's my uh, little, it's my little Grey's Anatomy update. Nothing, nothing too crazy happened recently. Nothing. There's no plane crash. There's no active shooter, but uh, still a great show. Still keeping up that drama. Still having a good time watching it, baby. Interesting, interesting. My girlfriend started watching Bridgerton because of Shonda Rhimes, mm-hmm. um, who is also, of course, the creator for Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, and uh, she can't get into it. She said she watched two episodes already, and she's not sure about it. She yeah. said, "I think she's going to continue watching many episodes of it just to see because she loves Grey's Anatomy." If that wasn't clear mm-hmm. uh, from my talk about it many episodes ago, uh, but yeah, she so she's trying to she's trying to love Bridgerton, but so far. It's a work in progress, apparently. Yeah, I'm not a huge period piece person, so I just don't think I would like Bridgerton. I might give it a like a, give it a shot once I finish Grace, maybe. Um, like my mom really likes it, but just doesn't seem up my alley. I'll be honest with you. I see. Yeah, I see. You watch anything good? Not really, honestly. I didn't really watch much. Like we've been watching. I'm always watching something, and this week. I'm just still going through Superstore, really. I watched another episode of Invincible. I think it was episode six, I believe. Again, what a great show Invincible is. And Superstore, honestly, is fantastic as well. It's really sad to me that I learned about Superstore the year it literally ended. (laughs) So Mm. that kind of sucks. Again, lots to relate to because, again, you and I have worked in retail. So I I think that that's one of the neat things about watching Superstore. But... Uh, yeah, not too much. I'm just kind of making my way through these shows. I'm on season four of Superstore and I'm continuing to truck along. Hmm, right on, man. Right on. Have you watched anything else? Yeah, um, I was just about to say, I'm excited for you to finish Invincible. But uh, I will tell you the one thing I did watch this week that's not Grey's Anatomy is a new Netflix animated movie called The Mitchells versus The Machines. I mentioned Ooh. this uh, as a new release, I want to say a week or two ago. I can't remember exactly when, but uh, The Mitchells versus The Machines is this uh, very heartfelt family comedy. I watched it with my mom and my dad and uh, just recently put on Netflix, like I said, and it's fantastic. Like, it's really freaking good. It's very well rated. To put it into perspective, it's currently sitting at a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes with 137 reviews. So it it fits into our rule of if it's above 90, we probably will like it. In this case, I really, really liked this movie. I found it funny, like incredibly funny. Uh, There are some hilarious jokes throughout the movie where 
Um, literally at one point, my dad spit out water. Um, he was like drinking and, and, and something really? happened. On yeah. Like, like it, it's, up, it's up there. It's very good. It's, it's on the level of honestly, like, I think I would go as far to say it's like Disney Pixar level quality um, while still maintaining a unique animation style. That's not, you know, overplayed. Uh, it, it doesn't look like a Pixar movie. It doesn't look like a Disney movie and it doesn't look like a bland illumination movie. It looks like its own unique thing and it's very well, like it looks beautiful um, all in all. Like the animation is just fantastic. It's super colorful and bright and fantastical. And pretty much the premise of the movie is, um, you know, it's it's a family of four, the Mitchells, um, you know, two parents, a mother, a father, uh, their daughter who is about to go to university and uh, her younger brother. So it's kind of interesting watching this movie it kind of fits in with my family. You know, I my uh, my parents and then my older sister and then myself. So it hit a little bit uh, closer to home, but it's practically, you know, the the daughter and the father haven't been getting along for quite a few years. You know, when they were uh, when she was younger, they got along incredibly well. So instead of, you know, her flying off to college, the father decides spontaneously to do a family road trip to college to like live out those old times that they used to do. And during this road trip, a robocalypse happens. A big tech giant, like a big tech company, comes out with a new uh, smart system, an intelligent, like a artificial intelligence system that is also just straight up robots. And very quickly, the robots take over the world, um, and they're pretty much the only humans left out and about. And they're trying to save humanity. And the story kind of progresses from there Uh, without giving too much away, though. There's just a very good, you know, family element. And they fold in a couple of like characters through as the movie progresses that are very welcome additions to like the family dynamic. Um, There's an adorable little, you know, stupid dog, uh, which I feel like animation always does. There's always that like dumb animal. Moana has that stupid chicken. Uh, This movie has that dog. I'm really liking it. I don't know, there's something. The there's chicken something about, was just a chicken, Adrian. It was just a chicken. It wasn't a stupid really, chicken. It's I a really, really dumb chicken. Anyways, um, but yeah, it's just it's really great. I can't recommend this movie enough. Whether you're on your own or you're with your family or with your loved one, whoever, um, I can't recommend this movie enough. It's hilarious. It's beautiful looking. It's heartfelt. Um, it's just an all around fun time to watch, and it might honestly be one of the like. We we were talking about the Oscar movies recently and how they're all so depressing or most of them are very depressing. And we've been kind of on like a downer with a lot of the movies we've been watching, um, except for me with like Love and Monsters, which I think was a little bit more on the upside. But this movie is that perfect palate cleanser to those like very downer movies. And I really, really loved it. I I, I can genuinely see this taking away like my favorite movie of the year. I'm not even joking. What? Yeah. It's it's that really? level. Yeah. Like it's again, like when I say that it's on that Pixar level quality, like I I would make the art like I like this movie as an example more than I liked Soul last year. And I freaking loved Soul. Um, and I would go as far as to say that it, it might even be a better movie than Soul. Soul. But again, obviously, that's all subjective. Um, but again, I, I really recommend it, man. I, I really want you to watch this movie and I want to hear what you have to think. I think you would really like it. And I think anyone listening to this, uh, give it a chance. Honestly, you're it's an just under two hour 
uh, long movie. Again, really good cast as well. Danny McBride, he plays one of the main characters in it. You even have like uh, Maya Rudolph, Eric Andre, um, sorry, Maya Rudolph, Eric Andre, Olivia Coleman's in it as well. Like it's a great cast of characters as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I can't, I really recommend this movie. It's so good. I really loved it. I really, really loved it. Cool. Yeah, That's man. Great. Yeah. Great praise. Very high praise. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it for sure. Like, I'll, I'll take your recommendation up. The um, interesting thing as well is that, uh, I don't know if you looked at who wrote or directed this movie, but it's Michael Rionda. And Michael Rionda apparently has a large part to do with a show that you also watched and I have yeah. not. Uh, Gravity, Falls. Gravity Falls. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I adore Gravity Falls. I love... Uh, it's only two seasons, unfortunately, but two magnificent, magnificent season. Mag- Jesus, erase that. Magnificent. Two, two, Jesus Christ, I can't talk. Magnificent. Just do the whole thing with a lisp. Do the whole episode with a lisp now. Come on. Two magnificent, two, two magnificent seasons uh, that aired on Disney XD. Also a really good cast of characters in that show. Um, and yeah, yeah it, it's the same writer of that. And you can definitely see that the charm and the wit um, and just his writing style be brought over uh, from Gravity Falls to this. It seems like a like a really great evolution of that. Yeah, it's cool. Like he hasn't done much else. Like I was looking at his IMDb page while you were uh, explaining the plot here, and I'm I'm kind of surprised he he hasn't done a whole lot. Like it's not a, it's not a little. It's it, it's something, but it's just compared to other creators, um, it's it's interesting. I, I'm mm-hmm. definitely intrigued, and I, I'll watch this. I'm curious. Yeah, to see. Yeah, if you like this, I would honestly. Soul, soul is so good. Like I, I just, I, I was a little surprised with that comment, but I, again, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, this, this movie hit uh, closer to home for me than Soul did personally. But if you do like this movie, I would also suggest go back and watch Gravity Falls. It's worth it to watch those two seasons, bite-sized chunk, uh, bite-sized chunked episodes, and all of that stuff. Um, yeah, that's quality television right there quality television okay cool yeah should we head to the news adrian nine what no nine why is it always a no for you from you what what why why can't you just say yes just cooperate why can't we just get along adrian Hmm? you started this episode off with bashing my east side's order so or east side's habits so honestly you ruined it you ruined this entire episode i ruined the whole episode you ruined the entire this episode. is the episode that simon ruined is that what you're saying mm-hmm. that's ridiculous also i should just mention i did watch love and monsters this week with uh oh. with Tho, my girlfriend yeah it was good i enjoyed it quite a bit i enjoyed it but the freaking main character is a freaking uh, idiot he's a little bitch boy he's a little bitch boy it, no 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 not about being a bitch boy he's an idiot he's stupid how is he, how does he's he very naive, but I don't know. He's ridiculously naive. He's extremely yeah. optimistic, but he's optimistic in like a really, really happy go lucky way. And it, and I just, I almost have, I have a hard time believing that he would have survived. It's funny because they try to make it, they try to make it out that he's the smart one. Like he's the one that's been, you know, like looking at all these monsters and writing this like encyclopedia of what these monsters do. However, his actions prove contrary to like what the book has written in it. Yeah, kind of. I feel like he started to really develop the book as he was like, um, as he went out into the world. Like he actually, again, if you don't know, the premise is basically this guy, he he loses his girlfriend from seven years ago when he was 16. And the apocalypse happens where basically ants become giant. Everything becomes giant. 
because of like, uh, I guess, radiation. And uh, the world has gone to shit. Most people, most humanity die. Anyone living is basically living in bunkers. And he decides to go look for him for his girlfriend of seven years ago mm-hmm. across like the United States. It, it It's kind of interesting, though. I, I find that the greatest thing about it, honestly, is it balances the tones of it strikes a great balance between comedy and action and like sorrow. It it is almost masterful in the way that it does this because people like are dying almost like The Walking Dead around around you at all times in this movie, around each of the main characters at all times, and it seems like the characters can still crack jokes and it seems like it fits. Did you find that? Yeah, yeah. I, I mentioned how I felt like it did a really good job balancing that like campy nature with this post apocalyptic tone. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely Which is agree the, with you. the sad. There's like this really really somber tones that it's Mm. just it's it's interesting but the character again the main character is joel he's definitely no joel from the last of us he's just a fool i it's funny as you watch more of the movie though i feel like you like him more and more but in the beginning i'm like i don't know if i can bear this character (laughs) that's what i was thinking it was good i liked the movie that's good man i took your recommendation i enjoyed it so maybe i'll like uh always sunny with meatballs or whatever the name of this movie is what the Mitchells versus the Machines. Ah, sorry, yeah. Sunny with a chance of meatballs. Isn't that what the? Isn't it cloudy? Oh, cloudy. Yeah, that's right. That's. I never watched it. I never watched it. I'm looking at the picture of this. The animation it reminds me of that a little bit. Uh, cloudy and a chance of meatballs. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's Lord and Miller. Hmm, that's a good question. It is. It's Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Are both movies Phil Lord and Christopher Miller? Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, by the way, of course, being the directors of. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. No, not on the second one, I don't believe. I know the first. Yeah, yeah, they're not on the second one, but they were on the first one. And the first one's apparently really good. The cast in that movie's great, too. Bill Hader, Andy Samberg. Speaking of Bill Hader, I cannot Anna wait Ferris. for the next season. Of Barry? The next season of Barry, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Fuck me, man. I can't wait. Where is it? I Sometimes I just forget that these series exist. Like, for instance, we talked about a couple weeks ago, or it was last week, we talked about um, Master of None. Yeah. I just forgot that that show existed. I, I literally forgot. That second season was absolutely brilliant. Like, mm-hmm. that's a show that I 100% recommend, and that's one of those... It's it's one of those shows you almost don't expect to be that good. Cause, especially because yeah. the first season, again, is not the great... It's not bad. It's good, but the second oh, season... Oh, I loved the first season. Yeah, it's the, good, but it's nowhere close to what the second season is. Like, yeah, the second season speaking. somehow blows it out of the water. I remember watching that first season being like, this show's phenomenal. And then, yeah, going back and watching that second season, they definitely like, yeah, I don't know. Aziz Ansari, he, he does a very, very good job. And uh, yeah, definitely moved yes. it up a notch. Uh, I can't wait. Dude, that's, that's literally this Friday, I think. Soon. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy because we had no idea this was even coming at all. I know. I know. Yeah. That's insane. Anyways, we were going into the news about four minutes ago, and <laughs> we have not. So I'm going to move on to the news if you'll accept that. Yeah, man. Go for it. Yes, you said no- yes. Thank you for cooperating. I appreciate you. No worries. Whatever. Let's begin with a small collection of more focus stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one. On Monday, May the 3rd, Disney's Marvel Studios released an emotionally charged sizzle reel trailer to kickstart the hype for Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The trailer began with a nostalgic voiceover by Marvel legend Stan Lee, who asked us all to celebrate our differences and love each other. As the trailer developed, some brand new teaser clips were shown from director Chloe Zhao's ensemble film Eternals. 
They showed off more footage from the Black Widow movie starring Scarlett Johansson, and they rehyped the September release of Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings starring actor Simu Liu. But that's not all. After teasing the imminent 2021 film releases, they announced the release dates and titles of all movies up to the year 2023. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is set for March 25th, 2022. Thor Love and Thunder is scheduled for May 6th, 2022. Black Panther Wakanda Forever is set for July 8th, 2022. The Marvels is planned for release on November 11th, 2022. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium is opening on February 17th, 2023. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is premiering on May 5th, 2023. Adrian, this is an action-packed trailer. What did you think of it? Woo-wee, Simon. This trailer was pure hype. Marvel, whoever they hire for this trailer, deserves millions of dollars. Whoa. Because this was the most exciting trailer, the most hype trailer I've, I've seen in a very long time. Just sitting down, watching it, it just it reinvigorated my love for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where I feel like I was on... Again, I still really liked Fal- uh, Captain Falcon and the Winter Man, but I feel like it was definitely a lower point for me in the MCU. And 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 by the by the end of it, I was kind of just like, all right, whatever. Like I'm, I almost felt like my hype dwindle for this Marvel Cinematic Universe. But this trailer really reinvigorated that. Right. Yeah. Uh, again, just having Stan Lee's like voiceover through it. Rest of, God rest his soul, man. Like it was just so heartfelt, and I don't know. It it hit me in the feels as well and they showed a lot of like you know chadwick boseman as black panther and i don't know it it sounds weird but a a three and a half minute trailer made me emotional it did for me too i cried i shed a tear i I swear to you it it was uh it's crazy but there's a point that i didn't mention actually in this write-up and it's the moment where they showed when chris evans as captain america in avengers endgame says avengers assemble and they showed a clip of the theater and they showed yeah. the rousing crowd of the of the theater and how emotional everyone was there when they were watching that. And I, I, I mean, I can't stress enough how much we really want to go to the theater as well. And, mm-hmm. and I feel like there was that that was one of the through lines of that trailer is is really emphasizing that Disney hasn't given up on the theater experience, the theatrical experience. And I really appreciated that part of it as well. Yeah, yeah, man, me too. Yeah, it's 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 reassuring because of you know all this. You know, them putting Black Widow on Premier Access uh, now as well. Like it, it, it became a little bit worrisome that they were going this route and that they were going to continue pushing this um, whole premium access versus the theater sort of experience. And I feel like with this trailer, it, it kind of showed that like, no, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just being naive and optimistic, but it, it made it seem like, no, they are dedicated to go back to the movie theaters. They are dedicated to bring these to the big screen to recreate that amazing moment that they had at like in Avengers Endgame. Again, I mentioned it before, but I am lit like one of the most memorable moments of my life. I'm like a, like a something that I will never forget is that night on, you know, opening night Avengers Endgame, And it's the scene where cap, you know, picks gets Thor's hammer yeah, catches and it. everyone in the theater just went absolutely wild. Like just, yeah, just like it was, that was the coolest experience I ever had. And then again, that same, that, that same experience, like 10 minutes later when it's the Avengers assemble. And again, 
I don't know. Like that's a that's a moment in my life that I'll never be able to recreate, and I don't know if I'm ever going to reach that high. <laughs> as, as sad as that wow. sounds, because uh, again, like yeah, that, that it, as ridiculous as it seems, it is arguably one of the most memorable moments of my life, and it probably will always be. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's fantastic. And in the clips of the Eternals, uh, like the first mm-hmm. clips we've ever seen, like seeing uh, Camille. Uh, Nanjiani is as his character, which it's just he's like he's tra- traipsing across the desert, I guess. And then there's uh, Scar- uh, Scarlet. I don't know why I said Scarlet. Angelina Jolie. Uh, you see her briefly. Like it's just small clips. It's the first clips I'm pretty sure that we've ever seen of Eternals. So again, it is. It definitely is. I'm ex- very excited to see this. Me too, man. It's for one. I know we've already seen Kumail Nanjiani. Like he he posted those photos of him being absolutely ripped. But just right. seeing him again, it's just so jarring to me. Because I've like I followed Camille Nanjiani from like Silicon Valley, um, so yeah, just seeing him. Are you hipstering this right now? Well, no, no, I'm just saying like it's just jarring I, to see him. I like, followed Camille Nanjiani before he was cool. Okay, it's not what I'm saying. Uh, but again, it's the same <laughs> thing with like Chris Pratt as well. Like you know, I knew Chris Pratt from Parks and Recreation, and then then he came into the MCU and became like this ripped dude. That yeah. that similar sort of experience, and uh, I'm really I don't know. I'm I'm very excited for this. I think the Eternals looks. Again, they didn't show much, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see like what these characters can do. Um, there are little glimpses at their powers, and you know it's nice to see uh, Richard Madden, um, who played yeah uh, Robert Stark um, in Game of Thrones in like this big this big movie. Like he's in the MCU now, and and I really like his his portrayal as Robert Stark uh, or Rob Stark um, in Game of Thrones. I think he's a really good actor, and I watched the TV show Bod- the Bodyguard, which he stars in. The show, I don't know, it didn't get its hooks in me. I watched the first few episodes, but his acting is phenomenal. So it's it's cool that he's, you know, being brought in here. I do worry a little bit, I'll be honest with you, with Angelina Jolie's inclusion because I, because she's just such a recognizable face. And I know Marvel has done this before. They brought in recognizable faces and they kind of, you know, you you pretty, you practically forget about it. But uh, I don't know. It just seemed like seeing her in the trailer. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot Angelina Jolie's in this. Like, I'm I'm worried that it might take me out of it because she is just such a big actress. I think she's an amazing actress. I think she's a great actress. Um, But it definitely like uh, it definitely when I when I saw her in it, I like I I took a pause. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm I'm a little worried that like I don't want to be taken out of the movie anytime I see her might be a stupid worry. But it's a worry nonetheless. I think that will be a testament to her acting, though. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm not so worried about that. Like, even like, for instance, another movie that a release date was announced for was Thor Love and Thunder. And that is crazy big name actors that they just pulled out of the woodwork to, yeah, you're to, right. you know, like Russell Crowe, Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Good call. So I don't think they'll take us out of it, but you never know. I'm actually more excited to see Angelina Jolie in another role. I, I haven't seen her in many things in a little while, so it's going to be interesting to see her in this. Also, um, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago or last week, but Gemma Chan apparently, who I don't know from any other things, is is supposed to be the lead in this ensemble, like in, in some capacity. And I think you made a comparison to another movie. Oh, I think it was Guardians mm-hmm. to say that Chris Pratt was kind of the lead in that movie, but ultimately it's an ensemble film. Yeah. So it's cool. Yeah. I, I haven't seen much of Gemma Chan. Have you? No, no. Honestly, I can't think of anything that I've seen her in. If I have, I don't remember. 
I'm very unfamiliar with the Eternal storyline from the comics, so I'm kind of going into this blind. So it's going to be interesting for me in general. Yeah, man, I'm in the same boat. Like, I have no idea what it's about, what like what direction they want to go with it, what their powers even are. Um, it's a, kind of a similar boat with Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I remember when that was announced, and again, uh, my my Marvel comic book knowledge is fairly bare bones, but I still can point out characters. But Guardians of the Galaxy, I was like, I never even heard of these fucking people. <laughs> right yeah um and you know um they did an amazing job bringing that to screen so i'm fairly confident that they can do the same thing with the eternals as well and make these you know this this ensemble cast be brought to the forefront and be brought to popularity maybe even in the comic book uh sort of sphere yeah for sure mm-hmm. um and then the other thing was black panther uh wakanda forever which we didn't know that title before we, everyone was just kind of calling it black panther 2 i yeah. just want to make a Quick comment. I mean, obviously, Chadwick Boseman is gone. And I'm curious, who's going to be Black Panther? Is it Shuri? Is that the obvious choice? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I I, I don't I don't even know where, like, what direction they can even go. With I know. That. I know. It's and such a I'm, tough topic to even dive into at all. How are they going to dive into it? It is. And, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried that it's going to be something half-baked. Like, oh, he's on a mission somewhere else or something like I, no. I'm worried that they might not do yeah. like a good send off. Um, I don't know. I think they have or just to almost, almost keep it open. And I agree with you. I, I do think they have to. And I think the black Panther, like Wakanda forever, I think kind of making the focus more on the nation of Wakanda versus, you know, black Panther. Um, I think that's deliberate, obviously Maybe because they're going to establish, they're planning to establish a black Panther in the yeah. shadow of, Chadwick Boseman's T'Challa, so mm-hmm. I, maybe that's yeah, that's a good call. I I like yeah. that call out to the to the title. It's interesting, yeah. yeah, because they're focusing on the nation. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think that naturally it's going to be Shuri. I think that that's probably what's going to happen. But how mm-hmm. are they going to do the send off? They've they've got to handle it because it's just they don't want to have to worry about it in future movies, and they shouldn't have to. Like they should just try to honor. Chadwick Boseman as best they can. I agree. I'm curious. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm. I'm almost most intrigued about that movie. Um, like, I, I'm. I'm the most curious about that movie because I'm. It's so easy to do this wrong, and I'm curious if they are going to do this wrong or if they're going to do this right and and honor his legacy properly. Um. So, like, honestly, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever might be the one I'm most intrigued by in this list of movies coming out. Fair enough. I'm very intrigued by Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and because I want to see them dive into the multiverse. They keep teasing the multiverse. like They've teased it so many times now. I want to see them actually freaking do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And on top of that, it's uh, the continuation of Scarlet Witch's story is, is taking place in this movie as well. It seems so. Yeah, it seems so. But this isn't the first movie that's potentially going into the multiverse because you got Doctor Strange in the Spider-Man movie, which is coming out in December. I didn't announce that here in the write-up, but that announced date, like the release date has kind of been announced for for a bit. The Spider-Man movie, I am so intrigued and interested to see what they're going to do with this. They've got so many damn characters in it. It seems mm-hmm. like Tobey Maguire and- Andrew Garfield? Are not in it. I don't know. Yeah, and- Andrew Garfield know- recently did say- that he was not in it. He did not receive a call. Like he publicly stated that. Right. But again, so did, actors I think have lied Toby before. Maguire said something similar. There was something yeah. about that too. So I, 
I think that's not happened. Oh, no, Tobey Maguire. Sorry. Tom Holland said that they weren't in it. I mean, actors have lied before. Obviously, I don't think it's really wrong to lie to keep this stuff under wraps. But for sure, I definitely think the hype is being blown out of proportion. I can definitely see this being one of like those least liked Marvel movies because everyone's expectations are not being kept in check. Yeah. And that's kind of their fault, honestly. Yeah. That's Marvel's fault. And they hired specifically Alfred Molina and they hired Jamie Foxx to play the characters they've already played in the in the other Spider-Man movies. And they didn't think this was going to happen considering they're really teasing the multiverse hard here. I am worried about this. I think they can still, you know, do a great job, but I am certainly concerned. We'll see. Agreed. Agreed. Indeed. Um, but yeah, honestly, like all these movies that are coming out, I'm like, I'm, I'm quite excited to see all of these on the big screen in the theaters. Um, but honestly, if I had to just choose like one of these movies that I'm just like, man, I, I know that this is going to be a great watch. 100%. It's uh, Thor, the fourth Thor starring Gore uh, directed by my boy, Taika Waititi. Ooh, with that being said, mm. moving on to number two. As publication Variety reports, Jojo Rabbit star and director Taika Waititi has been cast as the pirate Blackbeard in the new HBO comedy series, Our Flag Means Death. The series is set to follow entitled aristocrat turned pirate Steed Bonnet, played by what we do in the shadows actor Reese Darby. The series is being showrun by the People of Earth show creator David Jenkins, and the first episode is actually being directed by Taika Waititi. When commenting on casting Waititi as Blackbeard, Jenkins said, quote, Our Blackbeard is a legend, a lover, a fighter, a tactical genius, a poetic soul, and quite possibly insane. Only one man could play this role, and that is the great Taika Waititi. We're thrilled beyond measure he's decided to don the beard, unquote. Adrian, our flag means death. What do you make of this HBO TV series? This is something that I'm actually super into. Like, I, I'm I'm curious about this. I feel like this is going to be something that's going to be a fun watch. I think HBO has a pretty good track record, obviously, in most of their series. series. Um, uh, but also, like, a really good comedy track record with uh, shows like Veep and uh, Silicon Valley. So, you know, having Taika Waititi attached to this as well kind of brings it uh, a little bit over the edge. It has my eyes on it, for sure. Are you interested in this at all? Yeah, I am. And for sure, I'm curious. I'm very curious. I, I like Reese Darby actually quite a bit. I actually really like him in Jumanji even. I, I just think he's a he's a funny dude to watch on screen. So I yeah, I'm I'm definitely interested to see where this goes. I have not watched People of Earth, so I don't have much content like context on David Jenkins as a creator, but a comedy pirate show. With Taika as as like a as Blackbeard, just sounds like a blast. So, dude, yeah, I agree with you one hundred percent. This just like conceptually seems like a good idea. And I was kind of thinking, like, with the announcement of this, there there aren't many pirate properties that have like come out recently. At least, no prominent pirate properties. You know, there's Pirates of the Caribbean and then Black Sail, but that's really the only two. Sales? Did I say did I say black sale? Yeah, this is this is your ongoing issue with plurals, I think. But. Yeah, yeah, black sale. So, but yeah, those are those are those are really the only two like main pirate properties. Like I can't really think of anything else, at least in recent memory, that's come out. 
And even black sales is a sale. Is it sale or sales? Sale. Black sales, right? It's black sales. We just established this. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I forgot already. Black yeah, sales. Yes. It's black sales. I feel like that show, I know it was well-regarded, like well-received, but I, I don't know if that really set the world on fire and was very popular. I just feel like this pirate genre, I feel like people like pirates. Am I wrong about that? I feel like it, th- th- we're kind of leaving. I do. We're leaving this out to be taken. I'm waiting for like a pirate RPG video game forever, like an actual mm-hmm. legitimate sink your teeth in open world pirate RPG, similar to, not to be confused with Black Sails, but Black Flag which is the Ubisoft game. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like the, nobody's really done it that much. Like it hasn't happened. Like like a, a developer like Bethesda could do a really good job with like a black flag type scenario with like a role-playing game, open world, but nobody really has done it. That's a, that's a sidetrack. We're talking about video games here. I have watched Black Sails, I think up to season three. I don't think mm-hmm. I quite finished it. I, I'm, I'm very close. There's only four seasons. I like it a lot, actually, and I, I don't know why I never finished it. I, It just kind of felt like, again, it was airing alongside Game of Thrones, and it's that kind of dark Game of Thrones concept of making pirates cool or, or making or, or looking at the, the dark side of pirates piracy. Not too dark because like the, there's some really, really dark stuff, I'm sure, in, in, in piracy that we don't – I'm sure they don't want to get into on in any medium. But I, I feel like the, it's just a darker version. Like you, Torrent? <laughs> yes, right. That's not what I meant, but sure, yes, mm-hmm. yes. BitTorrent, BitTorrent, uTorrent, um, and uh, dare I say it, but Pirate Bay. <gasps> yeah, I know. <laughs> Ooh, risque. But regardless, Black Sails. As with anything in this genre, it romanticizes piracy. But it's like a Game of Thrones type pirate show. It's it's Pirates of the Caribbean, but more realistic in in many ways and darker, I guess. And it's quite good. I, I like it a lot. And you're right. I don't think it was that well, not well reviewed, but well taken by fans because it just didn't do well enough to continue on for many seasons. It ended after a fourth. Yeah. That was a Stars original series as well, right? It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Stars is kind of, it's funny. It's not, I don't know. Stars never, their shows don't nearly get as popular as, as HBO. So it's just not. I don't know. Yeah. This, I guess it's not that unusual that it wasn't as well-renowned. They still make good content, though. But yeah, I guess it just doesn't last long. Like, I, I again, I, I mentioned before, like, I absolutely I absolutely adore the Spartacus series. That right. On stars. stars. I was on Stars, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, Waititi is, is going up. Taika is everywhere. He's, he's mm-hmm. doing everything, though. He's just... After Thor Ragnarok, he's getting jobs left, right, and center. He's directing The Mandalorian. He is in The Mandalorian. He's got a show on, on uh, was it, uh, what channel is that? Uh, what we do in the shadow show on. It's being brought over to C- CW. Um, no, no, here. FX, what we do in the shadows. It's extremely oh, sorry, yeah, what we do. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, what we do in the shadows is FX. And then they, I don't know if he's attached to it or not. Wellington he Paranormal. He's attached to it. Yeah, Wellington and Paranormal. And this is a producer. Yeah, that one is on, I believe, CW here um, in, in, right. in the Americas. And I think it airs on HBO Max as well. Right. It's both. It's weird. It's like a cross. Yeah. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. I'm excited for this. Me too. I'm definitely intrigued. I think I think it can be pretty damn good. And again, just having Reese Darby and Taika Waititi attached is, 
you know, characters. I think, I think it's going to be good. I really like Reese Darby. Um, I agree with you. Like, I think he's hilarious in Jumanji. Cool. 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 Alrighty. Number three, as followed by publication, the Hollywood reporter, Viacom CBS CEO Bob Backish announced during a recent earnings call that Viacom CBS streaming service Paramount Plus is planning to premiere one original movie per week for the duration of 2022. Paramount Plus initially launched in Canada and the US on March 4th, 2021, to a world of fierce competition from the likes of Netflix, Amazon, and Disney. The relatively new streaming service is planning to add over 1,000 new movies this coming June, with the Antoine Fuqua-directed Mark Wahlberg-starring sci-fi thriller film Infinite, skipping theaters to debut exclusively on the service on May 28th of this year. Adrian, what are you thinking about Paramount Plus? They're coming in strong. They're coming. They're they're not uh, sitting back. Apparently, thousands of no, movies I'm- being added. And then they're going to do a movie per week, which just seems overly ambitious. Dude, yeah, this is wild. Like, they're doing what Netflix is doing this year. However, the difference is Netflix has been around for over a decade. <laughs> um, so, like, I feel like this is a very aggressive push to bring Paramount Plus as a streaming platform to the forefront. And... um I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is enough to bring me in. I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm curious about some of these movies, but do I care enough is the real thing. Like the the, really the main like Paramount movie that I'm interested in is is Mission Impossible. And no way in hell are they not bringing Mission Impossible to the theaters. So I don't know if this does much for me. How about you, man? Um, I kind of interested, to be honest, in Infinite. I, I was looking into it a little bit, and Antoine Fuqua is a pretty cool director. I, I don't know. That that could be a good movie to just kind of jump in for a free trial for maybe if they've got one. It's interesting that they have this streaming service in Canada. That's one of the the cool things. Not that we don't get all like we don't get a lot of the streaming services like Amazon or or Netflix as as two obvious ones, but Paramount Plus. Because it's a production company like Paramount and Viacom CBS, and it's an American company like HBO or Warner Brothers, I was kind of surprised that Rogers or or Bell didn't kind of own the rights to the Viacom CBS content. Kind of like how, for instance, Disney owns FX now, but we can't get FX unless we literally have a Rogers or Bell subscription, which is just stupid. And we yeah. can't get HBO Max in Canada. We have to use Crave, which doesn't have everything that HBO Max has, including, for instance, The Little Things or Judas and the Black Messiah, which both aired as their crazy 17 movies uh, in the year 2021 that you know HBO Max is, is launching, yeah. Warner Brothers is launching on the HBO Max streaming service. We just can't get access to that in, on Crave because I guess Bell didn't make a deal with Warner Brothers to make that happen. So We still got Snyder uh, Cut, though. We did. We get we got Snyder Cut. We even got the Snyder Cut in the like Justice is Grey edition, which, I, again, I'm very impressed that they, they posted both versions. Um, that's cool. But Paramount Plus is somehow an outlier. Apparently, no one owns the content. Like the no Canadian licensing company like Bell or Rogers has scooped up the Paramount licensing, which I, I kind of like. I guess it's nice. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like, and I kind of don't like. Actually, it, it almost be better if if like Crave, if Bell Crave had the licensing, so that we could literally just watch it on Crave instead of having to buy another streaming service. 
No, uh, that, that's exactly what I was about to say. Like, it would have been nice at this point for us because it's just, I feel like there's so many streaming services and we're already being like bound to specific streaming services for specific content. Again, as you mentioned with like Crave with the HBO content. Yeah. Um, it would have been kind of nice that, yeah, you know, like Bell just owns this. So sweet. We get it there. I would have hated it if Rogers had it because then we would have had to get like a Rogers cable subscription to access it. But I wouldn't have been right. totally against uh, Bell owning it because, again, you can just have a crave subscription which is really nice yeah um initially i was a little bit like i i I don't like that they are skipping theaters to debut a movie exclusively on the service and i know netflix oh infinite yeah yeah like i know netflix you know premieres movies on the service like we're getting um i don't know the woman in the window as an example spoiler alert but that movie's coming out this upcoming friday like, I feel like traditionally that movie would have probably gone to theaters, but no, like we're just getting it on Netflix, but it doesn't feel like Netflix is ever skipping it because I feel like they've already, I don't know, set the set the expectation that there are Netflix original movies. You know what I'm trying to say? Whereas Paramount, it almost seems like now they're they're going to pick and choose which movies go to theaters and which movies are now tied exclusively to their streaming service. Yeah, you know, where I'm, you know, where, you know, you know what I'm trying to say with that? I guess it's kind of an illusion though, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, because if it wasn't Netflix making these movies, then some other production company might've been making them and those movies would have gone to theaters. So it's, it's one of those weird things. You know what I mean? Like there's so many actors to go around. Like for instance, the Irishman, the Irishman was not really made by Netflix. It was made by Warren Scorsese's production company and, and whatever the backer backers and investors were that backed that movie. And that movie could have easily just been a theatrical release. It was kind of, it was kind of, but I think it was mainly a theatrical release. The Irishman was because it was literally trying to become an Oscar winning movie. And, yeah. I, and, and, and we couldn't watch it here really. There was, I mean, it was, it was at the Waterloo princess cinema, yeah. uh, princess twin cinemas, which we go to here because we like watching those types of movies in theaters. Like parasite is an example we saw there. Oh, another one we saw there actually, to be honest, was uh, uncut gems. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Netflix movie. That's a Netflix original movie, but it still went to theaters, kind of. But it didn't, again, it only got scooped up by small theaters. It's it's conflicting. I'm conflicted on this. You're right. You're kind of right on this. Like now they're getting to choose to just put it to streaming only, which is again problematic because it's it's ruining the theater business a little bit. But yeah, because at the very least, with like Disney's Premier Plus, although you do have to pay that subscription and that like extra bit of money, at least those movies are still coming out to theaters. Now, to be right. fair, Paramount Plus isn't charging anything additional on top of their streaming service for these movies, but I don't know. Like At the very least, Disney is doing that. Like They're still releasing those movies to theaters, which is a nice, a, a nice sort of thing that they can do. I don't like the simultaneous release, though, for like Black Widow, right? It's being simultaneously released for Premier Access alongside... The theatrical release like this i think paramount there was also a little thing in the article i was reading from the hollywood reporter that they were stating that uh most movies like mission impossible will have a 45 day theatrical window prior to going to paramount plus so they're still leaving they're still carving out time that theaters will get the movies first and that's really i really appreciate that i i, I hope that movies like shang chi and the legend of the the Ten Rings will land in theaters first when it finally comes out this September. I, I, again, I, Disney's one of those juggernauts, like titans, that every time they step, they, they make giant ripple effects across the entire industry because they own so much. They're massive. 
So well, they they also lead, right? So like any decision yeah. Disney makes, you have that worry that other companies are going to follow suit because they have so much power and force behind them. They right? do. Disney's like Apple. Apple's like Disney. Like Apple, what Apple does for the tech industry of removing a headphone jack. All of a sudden now, Samsung, despite the fact that they make fun of Apple like for a full two years about removing a three point five millimeter headphone jack, then does it in their own phones. Did, yeah, did or most recently that? with the, yeah, or most recently the power adapters. Apple stopped carrying the power adapters in their phone boxes. Samsung used like three months to make fun of them in their advertisements. And literally by February, whatever month it was that they released their new phones, they were they removed the power adapters in those boxes as well. So. Yeah, it makes me feel quite sorry for Samsung. <laughs> Honestly, I mm-hmm. every time they do that, they do this so often. I was like, I'm like, why? Because Samsung makes great devices, like when it comes to phones specifically. And uh, I just always, always like, why do you do this? You, <laughs> you just look bad to me. I mean, maybe why the average like consumer this? doesn't notice. Yeah. Why are you the way you are? <laughs> Try to do do good things for the office. And I, I don't remember the exact exact line. Me neither. Of Scott to Toby. But anyway, um, so uh, yeah, I, I'm. Uh, you're right. You're right. It, it is interesting. Again, this industry is definitely changing. We, we don't have to keep saying it. I mean, it, it's obvious. Like it's, I just hope that theaters survive and that there is a niche for them. Because there, there is, I think there is. I think that streaming has been here for a while and I don't think that it, it hurts theaters for a little while. But then the theater business took a hike when like the Avengers movies started to really pop up with Infinity War and Endgame. Those two years were quite good actually for the theater business from my understanding, if you look at the mm-hmm. data. So I don't think it's game over for theaters if COVID can subside a little bit. Will it still be okay because people still carve out the time to go to the theaters? The only one that can really, really push the envelope though, again, is Disney. Like they could just decide that Premier Access is the only thing they need because direct-to-consumer is just more profitable. It just makes mm-hmm. them more money than, than, than giving the theater business, a, a, a chain like Cineplex or AMC, a cut of the profits. So not giving them a cut of the profits means that they make more money. And they know that for a fact. $30 is a lot of money for us to pay, but they're making every dime of it. So I'm curious. We've talked about Premier Access many times on this podcast. I'm just curious what's going to happen in the future. It's, it's unknown, and I guess we'll find out. I guess we will, baby. I just want this lockdown to subside. I want the cases to go down first so that we can actually go see a movie like Black Widow in the theaters. At this point, I'm a little worried we're not going to be able to go see Black Widow. Dude, honestly, I don't think we are either. It's in like, what, a month, two months? It's in July, the beginning of July. Yeah, we're fucked. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, we're in rough shape in Ontario, Canada here. Um, this lockdown isn't even doing anything like nobody because no no one follows it it's it's frustrating it's uh, i know we keep on dying in COVID. it's just so frustrated like i'm so frustrated about the situation i just think that like the measures they took pretty drastic measures when doug ford our premier announced it he took pretty drastic measures and he was announcing like you know police can stop you for any reason just to make sure that you kind of stay home so that we can just curb the ridiculousness of this these variants in covid and people freaked out and parks ended up reopening which i'm like what do you need to go to the park for <laughs> i just don't even understand if they close down the park what does it matter well people got freaked out about the parks being closed down which means again it just leads me to believe that people just 
they're just striking this balance between we're okay, we like health and safety, but you know, we can, we can compromise. Well, there's just so many people. Yeah. It's just people spouting like, Oh no, like I'm, I'm for COVID, you know, or not for COVID, but like, I'm for like <laughs> what? keeping people safe, like do your part. And then they're just at the park with like three of their friends, like smoking right. weed. It's not then- me. It's not me. It's not me, Adrian. It's you. It's you and your family. That's who's causing this thing to spread. It's not me. What the fuck, dude? That's not cool. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying hypothetically. That's what people are thinking. You know what I'm saying? What? I'm just saying it's not. That seemed like a personal attack. You know my parents no, were no. COVID positive, you freak. No, you're, they're not spreading anything. They're at home. You guys stayed all home, right? You stayed home. You were quarantined. No, I let them out. I, lo- <laughs> let, them I let them out and let I locked out. the doors. You're making it sound like <laughs> you locked the doors initially. It's like, I finally let them out. They're out. Of here. I took the bolts off the doors. <laughs> Yeah, that's so stupid. Okay. I wasn't saying it was you. I'm saying that people generally they believe that it's their brother. It's, it's not their brother, but brother. The, other, another family, the neighbors down the street. It's their fault. Those it's always their fault. But then neighbors. you find out that those exact people have done the most drastic, insane things. Like they've gone to their their friend's wedding or or a retirement party. It's like, yeah. well, you went to a retirement party. It was like, oh, it was just this one retirement party. Party. Bob only only retires once you know what i'm saying <laughs> well now you'll be going to bob's funeral in a fucking month you bitch Ooh, ooh. <laughs> i don't know why we're why did you say i'm sorry bob is a hypothetical guy is it like uh, all right okay okay so stupid <sighs> yeah um i am not gonna subscribe i'm just gonna say it right now to paramount plus right now I'm going to wait it out. If Infinite Infinite is actually well regarded, I'll consider maybe investigating a free trial. Um, but for now, I'm holding off. I'm curious. A thousand new movies sounds like a lot. Yeah. They're like over a thousand new movies. Bob Backish, like the CEO said. I was like, what? How do you have a thousand? <laughs> yeah, like, where, also, where are in- these movies coming from? No one was allowed to film anything the past year. Like, oh, they're not new movies. They're not new movies. The thousand new movies is referring to movies that already existed, like putting legacy movies onto the service. Oh, so new to the service. One thousand new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Service. New to the service, which is a lot. Still, a thousand, a thousand anything on a on like a streaming service is fantastic. But the crazy thing as well is that Avengers was mentioned on the Hollywood Reporter article, and I was like, what? What do you mean Avengers? I'm I'm unclear. Oh, I, they, they have some licensing agreements. They do because Paramount technically had licensing agreements for um the incredible hulk remember oh shit yeah the incredible You're hulk right. wasn't disney when that came out yes and i think it wasn't disney up until pre- avengers if i recall correctly or disney was attached, yeah maybe they have some but... kind of deal because of this yeah yeah i'm curious if anyone knows about this write into a split focus podcast at gmail.com I'm, I'm very curious if anyone knows actually audience wise I, I'm looking at you, Kenneth Settlebar. Ken hasn't written into us in a while, and I'm kind of sad about this. But yeah, if if you want to chime in, if or if anyone knows the logistics of the Incredible Hulk or why the Avengers would be on the streaming service, I wonder if they just have some weird co. They, they don't have a co ownership of the rights, though. Co ownership, as I like to call it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've coined that term. All right. The coin. Okay. Good. <laughs> it's pretty dumb. Now into the montage, the sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as website Collider reports, 
Game Night directors John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein have begun filming the Dungeons & Dragons film with stars Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez. Oh! Is that all? Is that all you had to say? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know when that's that. I'm not going to lie. I'm interested in this. I like Game Night. I think I'm going to Dude, I'm in. Number two. I feel like I've said a bunch of things about now, this. You lost your... You lost your opportunity oh to talk God, about this. why are you so angry? Okay. Number two. I'm so angry. As Variety reports, Netflix period drama series The Last Kingdom, based upon the Bernard Cornwell novel series The Saxon Stories, will end after its upcoming fifth season. Oh my goodness. I heard that this series is similar to the Viking series that's on HBO. Sorry, that's on History Channel. But this series is better. Ooh. Number three, as Deadline reports, actor Freddie Highmore's medical drama series, The Good Doctor, has been renewed for a fifth season at Network ABC. That is interesting, probably, maybe. I don't know. I never watched the show. I know Freddie Highmore plays a doctor with autism, and he's a really good doctor, hence the name of the TV series. Number four, as Variety has reported, Tenet actor John David Washington has been cast in Godzilla director Gareth Edwards' upcoming science fiction film, True Love. Tenet. Number five, as Variety reports, the Marvel Studios' low-key TV series on Disney Plus will now premiere on Wednesday, June 9th, and will air all subsequent episodes on Wednesdays instead of the previous planned Friday release schedule. The series will have six episodes in total. This is this is this is shifting the industry on its head we we talked about disney having so much power and control every new release is going to come out on wednesday from now on trust me <laughs> sure number six as deadline reports the tom hanks starring science fiction drama finch has been picked up by streaming service apple tv plus and will likely have a 2021 theatrical run in order to qualify for awards season Finch is directed by Game of Thrones Battle of the Bastards director, Miguel Sapochnik. Oh my goodness. Is if is this entire movie going to be a big battle scene? Because if it is, I'm all in, baby. I don't believe so. I believe it's about a robot dog. What? Number seven. As reported by Collider, series regulars and original cast members Tom Cavanaugh and Carlos Valdez will no longer be a part of DC's CW Flash TV series after its seventh season. The show has officially been renewed for an eighth season. Oh my goodness. How unfortunate. Number eight. As Variety reports, the French dispatch actor Adrian Brody has been cast as a billionaire investor in HBO's third season of drama TV series Succession. I still need to watch season two of this series. It's a good one. It's incredible. It's incredible. Do it. Number nine. As Deadline reports, community actor Ken Jeong and Lost actor Daniel Day Kim have both been cast in an Amazon Studios comedy series called Shoot to the Moon. Like those GameStop stocks. Number 10. As reported by Deadline, Gossip Girl actress Blake Lively has been cast in the film adaptation of Dark Horse comic book series Lady Killer with Juno writer Diablo Cody set to pen the script. XOXO Gossip Girl. And that concludes the montage. It's the montage. It's now done. Wow. You, you really scattered there. Skittery rinky skimmery Yeah. That gave me some serious Andy from The Office vibes. But uh, 
Well done. Well done. What do you got for me, Adrian? What do you got? I got new releases for you. Do you? Yeah, buddy. What are they? Well, Simon, this is for the week of May 10th to May the 16th. This is the regular Monday to Sunday run, baby. And the first movie that is coming out is 15 Things You Didn't Know About Bigfoot. Number one will blow your mind. This is confirmed by the Apple TV app, and it's a video on demand movie. And this is a comedy mockumentary movie about getting Bigfoot. To do what? It's <laughs> a good one. The next movie that's coming out is a movie called Benny Loves You. This is confirmed by Apple TV in the trailer. This is a video on demand movie, and it's a horror comedy about a killer doll that kind of looks like Elmo. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Not Interesting. really. Oh, did you ever watch this? I, I don't think, I think it came out already and I just didn't end up watching it. But the Nicolas Cage movie, that's kind of like that video game. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. What is it called? What is that movie called? Nick Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Fucking up. I showed it to my girlfriend, the, the trailer, I mean, and she was thrilled. She thought she, she's like, this is like Five Nights at Freddy's. Let's watch this movie. You want to watch tonight? Um, I can't watch tonight. Oh, okay. I got to edit this podcast. I don't have a professional editor. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Candles, he, he quit on us. I don't know if you knew that. I don't care. Fuck that guy. Since you've been in, since you've had COVID, he, he ended up quitting. Good. I don't know if it has anything to do with you getting COVID, but Jimmy Candles, by the way, audience is our, uh, our technical specialist here at Split Focus Podcast. He's a piece of human fucking filth. He didn't deserve to. He's not. He's got no. I'm glad he's he's fired. He's a nice guy. I fired him. He really liked you, Adrian. He really liked you. So I hated him. Never got along with him. Never will. Never want to. It's called Willie's Wonderland, by the way. I don't know if you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for looking looking that up. Yeah. Yeah, The Nicolas Cage movie where he's. It's not quite like uh, Five Nights at Freddy's because he's trapped in the. According to the trailer, anyway, he's trapped in this weird Chuck E. Cheese type environment with these evil doll things, the animatronic doll things that try to kill him. But one of the lines in the trailer is he's not trapped in with them. They're trapped in with him. (laughs) Which is just ridiculous. And he's just like smashing them with like lead pipes and shit. It's, it looks awesome. It's $7 for rental. I might do it. I might do that tonight. You know what? Fuck it. Like, what do I, I'm going to do it. What do I have to lose? Except for $7. Did you ever announce that in our this segment? I must the, have. No, I definitely did. Releases? I definitely I mentioned it. I don't think so. Did you? No, I brought it up. I brought it up. We talked about it. Okay, okay. We definitely talked cool. about the movie before. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm, babe. Sorry to judge your, judge your abilities. It's fine. Whatever. I'm over it. Dude, I'm over it. It's fine. <laughs> All right. What movies are coming out next, Adrian? What movies this week are coming out next? Don't cry. It's okay. I appreciate you. I appreciate your efforts. You You're don't a good appreciate man, me. Adrian. I do. I do, though. That's why you I appreciate do. me more. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Okay. Okay. My nose is itchy. The next movie that is coming out is coming out on Wednesday, May the 12th. This one is called Dance of the 41. This is a Netflix original movie, and it's based on the true story of a gay congressman that marries the Mexican president's daughter while he goes to a secret club to be with another man. Whoa. Yeah, no. Whoa, whoa. Pretty scandalous. Mm-mm-mm. Oxygen <gasps> is what we breathe, and it's also the next movie coming out on Netflix. It's a young woman who wakes up 
in a cryogenic unit, and she must figure out who she is and why she's trapped in there before oxygen runs out. Really? Yeah. The whole movie in this unit? Apparently. I feel like it'd be very claustrophobic for the audience. It's the ultimate bottle bottle episode. episode. Oh, both said the same thing at the same time. Whoa. Oh. It's incredible. It's incredible. You're incredible. Oh, thank you. No worries, man. No worries. The next movies that are coming out are coming out on Friday, May the 14th. And the first one is The Woman in the Window. It's Netflix original. This movie is finally coming out. I feel like this was announced 18 years ago. I'm very excited for this one. Seems interesting. It's about a recluse, this woman that lives in her home. She befriends her 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 her, her neighbor across the apartment building that she can look into her window. She sees her neighbor get murdered by her husband. And then her husband's like, no, I never murdered my wife. Here's, this is my wife. This is my wife all along. And it's a different woman. And the detectives come over. They talk to Amy Adams and like, girl, are you crazy? Are you insane? This was his wife all along. And she's like, no, no. His wife was my friend and I saw him kill her. I witnessed it through the window. I'm the woman in the window. <laughs> That's how the movie ends. I'm the woman in the window and the title screen. <laughs> That's actually how Invincible goes. It's just like, yeah. I'm the, and then it's just the woman in the window. That's actually how the movie begins. Yeah. And that, that <laughs> they show the title sequence. That's one of the like, interesting things about Invincible, the Amazon animated TV show. I, I really appreciate that. They never say the word Invincible. Whenever they're about to say Invincible, it sh- throws up a title sequence. I just think that's really creative and, and fantastic. I agree with you. Yeah. It's well done. The cast, well done for sure. The cast in Woman in the Window is awesome. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned Amy Adams, but Anthony Mackie, you got Wyatt Russell, who's just blown up now because of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, Gary Oldman, Brian Tyree Henry, Julianne Moore. This is awesome. It's all star. It is. I'm excited. I'm watching cast. this this week. Are you not? Dude, I'm definitely watching it this week. How long have we waited? How long have we waited for this movie? And it's on Netflix. So 800 easy, years. Easy to get. Give or take. Give or take. years. Give or take. <laughs> give or yeah. take 800 years. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm ready for it, baby. I'm so into it. You don't want to know what you want? You know, you want to know what I'm at? Okay. It's it's okay. It's, take your time. <sighs> it doesn't matter. I was going to say, you want to know what else I'm going to be into? But definitely, I'm not going to be into this movie. It's called Jungle Beat, the movie. It's another Netflix movie. <laughs> it's an animated movie about an alien who crash lands on Earth and meets a crew of talking animals to help get off Earth. <laughs> I think anything that has the words the movie in it. Well, that's not necessarily true, but often. I, why Why would you? Why? Is, is the movie. Is Jungle Beat like a series? Is, is Jungle Beat like a series of novels? Jungle Beat. Let's Google this. Jungle Beat. Animated series. Jungle Beat, the animated series. There's five seasons. Oh. Started in 2003. Okay, okay. I get why they're putting the movie. I just don't, I don't know. Mm. I'm not a fan of this. Well, I guess. This series started in 2003. Yeah. But season five aired in 2020. It's wild. It's wild. Huh. What is this? What is this series? Will I like it? No, it looks like fucking shit. It's for two year old children. Come on. Isn't it? I don't know. Probably. You might be right. You might be right. You might be right, man. Anyways, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Fairy. F-E-R-R-Y. And this is a Netflix original movie. However, this movie is a prequel to the Netflix show. 
called Undercover. And this movie follows one of the characters from that show before he came to run a drug empire, Simon. I see. So this is a prequel movie to a show that I've never heard about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinating. The strength. There's only two seasons of that show as well. It's wild. You have two seasons of a show and you're like, I'm going to make a movie about this one character. Anyways, doesn't matter. The Strange House is the next movie that's coming out and it's coming out on Netflix once again. And it's about a family who moves from the big city to a small town. And the two younger brothers realize something is amiss in this new house they're in. So they team up with some kids to solve what is amiss. Mm. Mm. I am all girls. Yeah. What is the next movie coming out on Netflix this week? And it's about a detective who teams up with a killer whom is murdering people running child trafficking rings. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, boy, indeed. We got a little Dexter scenario on our hands. They uh, they had, they released a teaser for Dexter. It's coming in the fall. Yeah. Are you excited? Mm, I don't know, man. I am. But the ending of that show is so freaking bad. I would I would almost prefer they just go like, hey, remember those last like that, that last season? Hell. Remember those last like three seasons? Let's just pretend those didn't happen. I was talking to my boss the other day and he was claiming he really loves Dexter and he didn't think the ending was that bad. But I have no context. I almost want to watch it, it, but I don't like bad endings. It's like one of those problems for me. It is beyond bad. I like I don't know like how anyone can ever, ever rationalize that that ending is anything more than bad. Okay, I like I'm not joking. I I cannot comprehend it. I don't know what arguments you could make for it. It is the it is the most ridiculous, dumb, stupid shit ending to an otherwise relatively good show up until about season five. And then it and then it starts going downhill. That last season is is so bad. It's it's unbelievable. Does like it the, doesn't make sense. Does, does the last season of Dexter make the rest of the show bad enough not to watch it? Uh, I don't know, man. Almost. Like, almost. Because like, it's, ju- it's just that bad. The first, like, I'll be honest. I think Dexter seasons one through four are really, really good. I know a lot of people like season five. I still like it, but I feel like that was the first season where I noticed a little bit of a, like, it, uh, like it's not. It's not up to snuff as the last couple seasons or last few seasons. Um, and then like, I feel like it like quickly starts just kind of going downhill. They do some weird stuff. And then again, that last season is just so remarkably poor. And like, it, again, there's just some ridiculous decisions that are made that just make no freaking sense. It's, it's bad. It's bad. Period. Full stop. There's no, like, I would like to hear someone argue for it. And then for me to laugh in their stupid faces. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I've talked about this briefly before, but The Mentalist, I found that the way they wrapped up the main story in The Mentalist makes me not recommend that show to other people, even though I loved the show. Like if you like cop mm-hmm. dramas, like it's, I feel like it's, it's like a Sherlock Holmes type cop drama. Simon Baker's really good in it. And I really loved it up until they wrapped up the main storyline that ran for like six seasons. But once they did that wrap up, which was so poor in my opinion, I cannot 
honestly, in good conscience, recommend the show because the way it wraps up is like it makes it feel like the rest of the show was pointless. Is that what you're saying for Dexter? Yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. Oh, boy. fuck it. Yeah. Why ah, not? That sucks. So I'm hoping that this it does really suck. Somehow this come. Uh, I don't want to say come. <laughs> <laughs> I hope this the show comes. This return. I was gonna say comeback, but I knew that you were gonna just comment on that, so I I, I stopped that come for some stupid reason, which is even worse <laughs> for my situation. Yeah. Anyways, the return of Dexter, this extra limited series. I'm wondering if it could redeem the rest of the show. Do you think that's possible? Uh, I mean, well, maybe. Like maybe, but the issue is, is it definitely seems like this is a direct continuation from where it was left off. So even if they do redeem it, you still have to eat a bunch of shit to get there. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's like you got this beautiful Subway sandwich, right? What if he was dreaming the whole time? Then I will just shut off the TV immediately. (laughs) <laughs> I, would just shut off the, I would just be like fuck it the sixth season was a dream uh, honestly i would rather them just not acknowledge it them just go like remember this this point in the show this is where we're continuing it do you like what they did with the halloween movie like the halloween reboot where they're like hey this new halloween reboot is literally just a continuation of halloween the original like this is now halloween 2 everything that came after doesn't exist like i, I would much rather they do something like that so just they claim that season six doesn't exist? Yeah. So th- just be like six on doesn't exist. This is the, the continuation. Oh, from si- okay. So this is like the new six yeah. six season then. Exactly. I would much rather they do something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Will I get it? No, probably not. Right. Okay. Yeah. I wonder if the creator thought that it was a bad a bad ending. ending? Yeah. He must have. Did Michael C. Hall think it was a bad ending? Like the, the main actor who plays Dexter. I don't know how you could be on that show and not think it was a bad ending. It's one of those things where I feel like like, like everyone knew it was bad, but no one was saying anything. It's kind of like Rise of Skywalker. Let's bring, let's bring back the bashing of the Rise of Skywalker. It's just during those press tours and everything for that movie, it was so obvious that none of the actors and actresses liked the movie. <laughs> Whenever they were asked about it, they always gave these very vague and uncomfortable answers. You can see like these like super cuts of, you know, like Oscar Isaac, like re- responding to questions about the movie or, or John Boyega and even Daisy Ridley. And it's just like, ooh, this was bad. I feel like that was literally everyone on Dexter. I, I don't I don't see how anyone in the right freaking mind can think it's any like it's good. I don't I can't comprehend it. I'm going to go talk to your boss. You Probably should. have his number. You should do it. What a, that's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. What else is coming out? Anyways, the next thing that's coming out, it's, it's a movie called High Ground. It's confirmed by Apple TV and the Movie Insider website. This is a video on demand movie, and it's about an ex-sniper named Travis who helps a man named Gutjack track down and kill his uncle. The reason why he wants to track down and kill his uncle is because apparently his uncle is doing, doing a bunch of bad stuff. Now, during this journey, between Travis and Gutjek, Travis has a very mysterious and dark past, apparently, that Gutjek is probably not a fan of. Because in, in the initial write-up, it said that that Gutjek finds out about his past and Travis becomes the hunted from the hunter. But I didn't add all that in my notes. I just thought I would 
go off the cuff when I was explaining that. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool. The next movie that is coming out, a movie that I wish I could watch in theaters, is a movie called Spiral from the Book of Saw. This is confirmed by the Cineplex application and Movie Insider, and this movie is coming out to theaters exclusively. And this is that sort of, I think, reboot of the Saw universe. Um, you know, at, like uh, Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson are, I guess, leading the charge as the actors. Um, and Chris Rock is also one of the writers on the movie itself. But this seems to be either a like full on hard reboot or a soft reboot of sorts. Kind of like what that Jigsaw movie was, which I think was supposed to be a soft reboot, but I don't think that was received well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't watched any Saw movie from start to finish. None of them. The first one's really good. I've, I've mentioned it before. I really like the first one. The second one is not really all that. Great. It's fine. Like I remember watching it and enjoying it enough, but I don't I don't think I loved it. And the third one was just bad. And then I was like, I'm not going to watch any more of these. Why not just hold off and release Spiral for like Halloween season? This is a, like we're at the like mid year. We're we're the furthest possible point from like Halloween, both backwards yeah. and forwards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you make a good point. Maybe they just don't want to overcrowd that Halloween season. Yeah, maybe. But uh, I don't know. Imagine. Imagine if all horror movies came out on Halloween. That'd be ridiculous. Well, just the month of October. Yeah. It's, hard, it feels though. like that would be the best situation. Like go September, October and just start stacking hello, like horror movie after horror movie. Yeah. I wonder if people would like that. Wouldn't you like that? Uh, I don't know, man. Like I'd rather it be spread out. Like I don't necessarily like I I don't necessarily equate all horror to Halloween. However, I equate Halloween to horror. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Sure. Like, I feel like horror isn't always Halloween related, but when I think of Halloween, I I feel like it's always horror related. Yeah, okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah. 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 Okay. Like a square, a square is a a rectangle, but a rectangle is not a square. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Cool, man. Exactly. Those who wish me dead is the next movie that's coming out, and this is confirmed by Movie Insider and the Cineplex application. And this movie is also coming out to theaters. This one stars Angelina Jolie. And uh, it's about um, she works as this fire watch person in the in this forest and she sees this little boy and this little boy's running. She's like, what's this little boy doing out in the forest? So she goes and finds him and then she finds out that this little boy is running from a gang of killers that are killing trying to kill him for some reason. And um, yeah, it looks pretty good, actually. However, the trailer gives away the entire movie beat for beat. So don't watch it. I would recommend just watching the movie because <laughs> I, I kept on watching the trailer. I was like, this looks like a really good movie. And then all of a sudden it was just like, hey, this is what probably happens in the last like 20 minutes of the movie. And I was like, oh, I'm going to pause this trailer now. <laughs> I did watch the trailer as well. I don't know. I don't know if I got through the whole thing, but it, it, it looks yeah. cool. Like we I've played and I think you've played as well the game Firewatch. Mm hmm. And uh, it it gave me certain vibes from that, I guess, just because the profession is the same. But there's that cool concept of the mystery of being in this, like living in this firewatch tower day in and day day out, and uh, and kind of having something go else go go on around you that maybe isn't a forest fire, and there's some you know mysterious crime or something like that. It's kind of cool. Yeah, I agree with that. And the next thing that looks kind of cool, Simon, is this movie called Profile. And this movie Profile was confirmed to be released by Movie Insider in the Cineplex application to theaters. 
This is another one of those movies where the whole thing takes place on a computer screen with like webcams, websites and all that sort of stuff that, uh, you know, gets displayed on it. This one seems very interesting, though, and very different because this is about an investigator who's looking into like jihadists that recruit young women online. This is based on true events. And the trailer, again, it kind of like shows like, you know, it's just this young woman and she starts talking to this like jihadists and in Syria and to investigate him. And it, it kind of excels from there. And it's like, is is she actually being converted into like an extremist during this process or is she just playing the part really well and so on and so forth? It seems super interesting. It, it gives me those like searching vibes. Um, right. Yeah. A movie that starts like John Cho, which I really, really love. Me too. This movie is uh, directed by, I think the same director, I forget the guy's name, but he made that uh, movie called Unfriended, which is a similar sort of premise. That one I think is more like horror-esque though. Um, I don't know if that one was like, let me check. It's a 62% on Rotten Tomatoes, so not nothing like too crazy. But yeah, I'm pretty sure um, it's the same director or writer or someone attached to it. Um, is the same person, but anyways, uh, it does look interesting though. Cool, man. Yeah. 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 And then finally, the last movie that is coming out is a movie called finding you. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet. M dot the hyphen numbers.com. And the trailer itself is, uh, coming up to theaters and it's a young adult romance movie that takes place in Ireland and is based on a book. And that's it. That's it. That's all we're done. Let's wrap it up. We've done it. We've done it. We have done it. We have done it. We have <laughs> we have touched upon all of the regular scheduled programming for episode 45. And uh, I thank you, Adrian, for joining me once again. You're a champion among men. You're welcome. You yourself are not the champion as I am, obviously, but you are a close second. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate the sentiment. Uh, do you have anything else to add? Anything else to tell the audience before we uh, go away for a little while, for a week, until next time on episode 46 of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast? No, I'll be out back in the real world. I'll be socializing with other people. Yeah, that's so exciting. I'm excited for that. Yeah. yeah. I might make myself chicken salad tonight, though. To celebrate? No, just I'm cra- I'm hungry and I have like a rotisserie chicken in the fridge. So I might chop that up a bit. Got some green onions and pickles, some celery, mm-hmm. a bit of mayo, mm-hmm. salt, pepper, lemon. Yum, yum, yum. A little bit of hot sauce, but then on a nice toast. little mm-hmm. uh, green green pepper sliced in there? Bell peppers? No. Maybe some mushrooms? No. No. What? Who in their right mind? Okay, green peppers I could maybe understand in a chicken salad, but who the fuck would add a mushroom into their chicken salad? Chopped mushrooms. Come who on. would do that? You love mushrooms. I don't. I like the flavor. I don't like the texture. <laughs> Anyways, but no, like seriously, what would you put mushrooms in a chicken chicken salad? Would you? No, put that in? I know I wouldn't. No, yeah, because mushrooms you're a are goddamn good, psychopath. Mushrooms are good though. That's all I'm saying. Mm. They can be. Oh wow, I, they were going to say definitely not, and I was going to say agree to disagree. You, you ruined our flow. But regardless, I just would like to say, I mean, our episodes launch every Monday as they have for the last 45 episodes and a couple extras with our, our Closer Look episodes. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. We're pretty much on every popular podcasting service. If you'd like, you can subscribe to any of these podcasting services to our 
specific channel. And I thank you for listening to the 45th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey guys, I just want to give you my own personal thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. Um, if you put if you put mushrooms in your chicken salad, you're 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 mad. You're out of your goddamn mind. You know who doesn't put mushroom in in their chicken salad? <laughs> Batman and Batman v Superman because that's a good movie <laughs> and he knows what's up. <laughs> thank you very much. Take care. Goodbye. Take care. No argument there. Goodbye. Meh.